Hey guys, do you have anything I can read, uh, like a webcomic or something? What? You, you, you two are webcomic artists. You mean you don't have, you know, just reams of this shit sitting around? It, it takes way too much effort to make our own. I'd rather <sighs> read someone else's. Well, then I got nothing. Well, I've got something. It's called Unhinged, a divine comedy. Join Will Carpenter, a high school transfer student that has just moved to the New England town of Flambleton. What could go wrong? Write-ups? Bullies? How about accidentally summoning a demon from hell and bringing about the apocalypse? Join Will and his friends as they fight demons, angels, the occult, and homework to save humanity. New pages update every Monday and occasionally Friday. And I just want to say that the art is fantastic, the characters seem really well written, and I'm intrigued by the premise, and I've been doing some reading on it already, and I look forward to digging in more. And now, Kevin, that sounds wonderful, but where can I read it? You can read it at Webtoons. Ooh. Uh, do we have a URL for that? It's uh, a long actually, one. I think we might. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes we do. You can find it at webtoons.com slash en slash challenge slash unhinged dash a dash divine dash comedy. There you go. So if you're interested in checking out a fun high school comic with a supernatural edge, check out Unhinged, a divine comedy on Webtoon. And don't forget to hit that subscribe button while you're there and follow them on social media. Oh, I'm smashing that button so hard. I'm smashing that button so hard it doesn't know what day it is. And Mike likes it too! for that anyway hello welcome to supernatural selection i'm your host kevin the bastard with me this week are mike the skeptic mike how are you doing mm, i don't know i'm not hungry i'm a little tired kind of broke so no. same old same old yeah all right that's cool and we've got mr david davis david how are you doing today Doing quite well. First week back at teaching in lo- uh, like on location, which I missed a lot. Ooh, that sounds interesting. I guess it's good yeah. to have like it's kind of like being a stand-up. You need uh, audience reaction and participation to really get it going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. And it, it was good. I'm I'm very happy to kind of be back doing what I love. So well, it's, that's good. I'm glad to hear that. Um. Yeah. So, uh, housekeeping right up front. First off, uh, if you're a webcomic artist or if you have a podcast, honestly, uh, we are accepting advertisers. You have probably Woo. already heard our first ad. So, uh, that's great. And uh, you can contact us on Twitter. Just send us a DM at SupernatPod. And uh, we'll be happy to talk to you about our rates and uh, stuff like that. So, yeah, if you're interested, uh, that's a thing you can do. 
And uh, also, it's been a little bit since we said this. We do have a Patreon, and of course, the current queen of the podcast is Holly. Thank you, Holly. <laughs> so, yeah, we did that. Just wanted to get that out there. So, uh, mm-hmm. have we got any other announcements before we, re- we really get going? Oh, well, I, I do want to mention that the reason we're doing the whole webcomic ad thing is because you and I, uh, Kevin, you specifically, um, we are webcomic guys. That's how we met. Oh, yeah. Uh, we know how hard it is to kind of get your work spread around out there. So, you know, we're, mm-hmm. we're doing okay with this podcast here. So we figured we'd try to pay it forward. Yeah, why not? And yeah. uh, I mean, and Mike, at least, is a webcomic reader, right? Um, I've got a couple I peruse. A couple. Yeah. Yeah. I used to have more, but I've whittled them down as they either stopped updating or I just got tired of them. Yeah. Well, the good news is this will allow you to find more, Mike. There you go. More. (laughs) So, that being said, this week we're going to be talking about a subject really close to me uh, in the geographical sense of it's in Mississippi. We're going to be talking about the Pascagoula River alien abduction in night from 1973, and I have been so excited about doing this one for so long that uh, I actually managed to sit down and write the damn script. So, so, so I want to say something about this. I was actually surprised. So, you have a shirt. You got a shirt with this on it. Yes, I got this great shirt uh, from another podcast. I'll look it up and I'll put it in the show notes, the store where you can get this shirt. But he's got like a 50 50 cryptids, 50 states thing. It's a silhouette of Mississippi with the Pascagoula River alien. So so paint him in a picture here. The silhouette looks kind of like if Spy versus Spy had like lobster claws. Yeah. Because he has like a pointy nose, but like a big brim hat looking thing but all in silhouette but anyway the that's not the point the point is i'm surprised at how many people knew about you know this thing that yeah. work yeah the number of people that have come because i've never heard of it before i've never heard of it either well i've known about it for a long time but like a lot of people have come in the store and just been like oh my god my dad worked down at the shipyard at angles when that happened and uh yeah. it's just really interesting you know Mm-hmm. So, a little bit of a backstory here about Pascagoula. It is a city in Jackson County, Mississippi, according to Wikipedia. Not Jackson, Mississippi, but Jackson County. It is directly on the coast, and the county is right up on the border with Alabama. And uh, Pascagoula currently has around 20,000 people living in it, so it's not a small town. And uh, it's a big industrial center for Mississippi with a bunch of, uh, like, shipbuilding going on. Like I said, Ingalls Shipyard is there. There used to be naval bases down there. And there have been several other shipbuilding companies uh, down there over the years. Uh, It mostly peaked in the 70s, but now, you know, they've got other stuff. And when I was looking up information, there's actually some celebrities from uh, Pascagoula you might have heard of, David. Okay. Jimmy Buffett. Wasting away in Margaritaville. Damn straight. Him and uh, where was that other guy at? Good Lord. Not Uncle Elmer. I don't know who that is. Uh, Channing Tatum. Oh, more like Channing Tate Yum. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, and a lot of sports people and uh, former Senator Trent Lott. Okay. So yeah. 
It's you know, there's a lot of people from Mississippi. A lot of river people. Indeed. So uh, that being said, I just wanted to paint a picture. It is a. It's on the Pascagoula River. It's right on the coast, uh, like near Biloxi. And uh, that being said, Biloxi, Biloxi, mm-hmm. as the Canadians say, but it's Biloxi, Biloxi. So uh, our source this week is uh, the Pascagoula. Is Pascagoula the closest encounter by Calvin Parker? And it is an overly thorough book detailing not only Parker's experiences, but also a reprinting of Charles Hickson's account, several news reports, the official military reports, and a complete chronicle of everything that Calvin Parker had to eat in the days leading up to and following the fucking incident. Sadly, he never saw fit to publish his fan fiction. Goddamn, I'm kind of glad, because uh, it would suck real <laughs> bad. It's not a bad book, but it's he's not a writer, and he did not use a ghostwriter. Oh, <laughs> this man. Is, this you is know, a very old man that wrote a very old story. I, I wish more people who go through encounters would hire ghostwriters. Number one, that's got to be fun for the ghostwriter. But then also, it would make these things a lot easier to study. Oh, God. Yeah, no. I mean, like, uh, the the account by Charles Hickson uh, in there, it was actually, he wrote it in conjunction with someone else. So it's much better written than the rest of the book. But we'll get to that. Um, Okay. So let's talk about the night in question. It was on October 11th, 1973 that Charles Hickson, age 42 at the time, and Calvin Parker, age 19, were both working at a local shipyard. Hickson was a friend of the Parker family and had known Calvin since he was a child and had helped him get the job at the shipyard. Now, Calvin had just recently moved to Pascagoula from Laurel, Mississippi and started before his life would definitely change. He would join the Neutralife Corporation. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, well, like, I'm I'm interested in this intergenerational friendship mm-hmm. thing here. Uh, it's just it, it's interesting to me because um, you don't see that very often. It's like more common, but you don't see that in these sort of encounter things where it's uh, yeah, it's usually like two friends about the same age or what have you, yeah. or fam- familial relations. But in this case. Uh, Hickson had been a friend of the Parkers for a while. He's actually one of his dad's friends, and mm-hmm. he they he got him the job down there in Pascagoula. So they just sort of like he sort of took him under his wing, you know. And he was like, "Well, while you're down here, until you find a place you're going, you can stay with me and my family." So it was almost like having another son there, you know. Yeah. Oh, well, and then the other thing is, I think the the different ages between them. Uh, reflects their temperaments, and those temperaments seem to be reflected in how they approached the situation and the retelling of the situation. Yeah, you're you're not wrong. Uh, another thing to bring up is that uh, Hickson was a war veteran. He had been in the army, uh, I believe, mm. and he had gone through the Korean War, which I've known a few people uh, mm. that went through the Korean War. Mike, did you have any relatives or friends or anything that went through the Korean War? Um... Not that I can remember. I know my maternal grandfather was uh, a Marine in World War II, okay. but I don't know about Korea. Okay. Well, you remember my Uncle James? Yes. 
Yeah, he went through the Korean War, and he hated anyone of Asian descent. Mm. That, that'll happen. Yeah. That'll happen. On October 11th, they decided to head down to the river to do some night fishing. And Parker's recollection is that he felt he should buy his own fishing gear before the trip. And Hickson was like, I've got an extra pole and the bait and lures and everything. And uh, this this is where we're going to start to see Calvin. So, yeah. I have a question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Night fishing. It's not uncommon. Um, I I don't know if you've ever been fishing before, David. Uh-huh. Or Kevin. Kevin, yeah. have you ever been fishing? Uh, I have thrown two fishing poles into a body of water. I've hooked my grandma with the reel when I was uh, fishing one time. Okay, so, so we're both awkward as so, fuck. So <laughs> I... You know, my dad took me fishing a couple of times. I'm mm-hmm. not an expert. I mean, there could be night night fishing could be a thing, mm-hmm. but I like it's always the prime like fishing times were sunrise and sunset. Well, I think the reason. Not, they what were, are you fishing for at night? Uh, they said in the book, and I didn't think to write it down, but um, they were fishing for uh, nocturnal fish. Okay. Yeah, that, that, yeah, that I, smells I think fishy. I, that is something like called like a hardhead or something. Now, now, see, I, I, I think ahead. night fishing is just an excuse to drink. Okay. True. Well, okay. Here's the thing. I really need to get out up front. Okay. Uh, Calvin Parker is a teetotaler. Okay. He will not drink. Refuses to drink. Hickson did not drink any time he was on the job and did not drink on the way out there. Fair enough. Fair enough. Parker said during all this that he was very uncomfortable handling another man's pole. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Uh-huh. Because, as he said, it would be like using another man's wife. He also implies that this is normal in the South. And Mike, hmm. back me up here. That's not fucking normal. N- no, not really. I mean, it, the number of times I've known of people, you know, borrowing a fishing pole because, you know, they didn't have one is, you know, very high. I mean, what the fuck goes on at Baskagula? Yeah. Well, 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 with Charles, much like his wife, he just tossed the rod in the back of the truck. Yeah. Oh, well, okay, that's fair. <laughs> but but this whole handling another man's pole, this sort of fits into a so, theory you have about this, this, this right, this Mike? This is very, very, very sus, as the kids say nowadays. It's it, sus? Yeah. But I don't know. You, you, you claim he's a teetotaler, but maybe it was after... This incident, he became a teetotaler. Maybe they went out and got drunk and had some nocturnal, carnal... Fishing for hardheads? Fishing, yeah. Fishing for hardheads. That's what they did. Uh-huh. It all sounds a little too clandestine <laughs> and not okay. in a spy thriller way. Okay, that's fair. But So here's the thing. After some back and forth about the equipment... And uh, Charlie, Their equipment, yeah, yeah, talking about it. Well, Charlie had to convince Calvin to not. And this, this is another thing. While driving out there, Charlie had to convince 
Calvin not to pull over and beat up another motorist that was broken down on the side of the road because he was yelling at his wife. So they get down to the old dock, and they traipse through the mud for a good solid night of disappointment. I'm, I'm sorry, I mean fishing. Okay, so if you think that's a disappointment, imagine being the fish and your last experience is Calvin staring you down. Oh, Jesus God. Have you seen a picture of this guy? Actually, he's got a hell of a jawline. He's got a hell of a lantern jaw, yeah. I mean, I don't think you stare down any fish. It's more like trouser snakes, but no. God dang it, Mike. Okay, (laughs) yeah. Not that there's anything wrong with that. No, not that there's anything wrong. I just... I, I just think they're, you know, open. it's, well, well what, 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 there was, when was this? Uh, 73. 73. So, yeah, definitely a lot of taboo. These are probably two men who consider themselves straight. They were both from Laurel, Miss, well, they were both originally from Laurel, Mississippi, and but, uh, that was a clan town. Oh, oh. wow. Yeah. yeah. So, what the exact time was that they both heard this buzzing sound? We can't be sure because neither man owned a watch. But it's such a weird detail. It is, but he kept bringing up that it'd be like, what time is it? I don't know. I don't have a watch. Well, neither do I. <laughs> so Time for both of their assholes to buy watches. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure somewhere in there, the old joke, it's a hair past a freckle was said. But they did hear a buzzing. Oh, a buzzing was heard. They also saw a blue light flashing that uh, they both sort of assumed were the cops coming to check out why there was a car parked down by the old abandoned dock with the mud around it. But it wasn't. What they saw was a 30-foot-long object with a dome on top. Now, Charlie, having served in the military during the Korean War, was certain that he was not looking at a craft he had ever seen before. It was the village people boat. Did they have a boat? I don't know. I'm just saying. Oh, I'm sure there was a pirate in the group. Eh, yeah. At some point. Well, there was a Navy Sail- man. Yeah, was a sailor. And nobody saw the Navy man when he'd had enough to drink. <laughs> so they found themselves physically paralyzed as a ramp extended from what had been a solid wall in the side of the ship. Neither man could speak, but judging by their different accounts, both of them were absolutely terrified. And then the aliens came out. Good for them. They're the very closet. brave. Yeah. <laughs> hey, on the same wavelength. And let's face fact, they're the only thing in this story that did come out. Oh. Yeah. But now, frequent listeners to the show know what usually comes next. But this one, this one's different. Three creatures floated out of the ship. They were about five feet tall and more or less humanoid. They were gray in color, dark gray, and covered in wrinkles like an elephant's skin. They had pincer-type claws for hands, and their legs had no feet, just like trunks all the way down with knees in them. The head was a tall mound with no neck, just straight into the shoulders, with three spikes coming out of the head where the ears and nose would have been, but they had nothing else that could be considered a face. 
much like Barry Manilow, three surgeries in. I don't even want to talk about his freaky ass face right now. That is horrifying. Okay, so those are those are spikes on their head. I thought that yeah. was a hat. No, they were not wearing a jaunty hat. <laughs> They're doing a Triceratops cosplay. Mike, I, I, actually, here's the thing. Two sticking out the side, straight out the sides of the head where the ears are, and one sticking out like a, a these these aliens a snowman's carrot nose. These aliens sound way worse than anything that's ever been in Doctor Who. I, like, I, I know. thought Doctor Who had some really terrible alien designs. Yeah, not terrible, cheesy, cheesy and cheap on a budget. Yeah, but this, I mean, wow. If yeah. al- if re- if these are real aliens and they look like they how they're described, they need to shoot themselves Holy with ray guns. Shit. <laughs> wow, that's hardcore, dude. Okay, to our alien listeners, you're beautiful just the way you are. Don't Ex- listen to Mike. Except for you, Pascagoula aliens, you're freaks. We're gonna get into that appearance though, because I got a theory. But two of the creatures took Parker and Hickson, uh, one each took them by the arm and floated them into the ship. Now, Parker would have a puncture wound when examined that matched up to where he had been grabbed by the the lobster claw, I guess. Was this were they like secretly KGB agents or something? Just like knocking them out? Uh well, it's funny you bring that up because this is where the story gets complicated and interesting because Hickson and Parker were separated and taken to different rooms and they both had something extremely similar happen but you'll see what I mean alright okay so let's start with Charlie's story because Charlie's is the better written now in Charlie Hickson's version of the story Calvin passed out as soon as they grabbed him and they were separated and he was taken into a large room by his alien escort and the third creature and strapped to a table. Then something that can only be described as a giant eyeball dropped out of the ceiling and looked at him from every angle for a little bit. Ah, the Epstein Island floor show. Ew. (laughs) It actually... Do you remember Matt Smith's first Doctor Who episode? I don't remember the first episode, no. No, uh, okay. There's this big crystal ship and an eyeball drops down out of it. Oh, shit. Yeah, and I'm like, wow. Just like Pascagoula. <laughs> so, Charlie sort of falls back on his time in the military, like his military training, to sort of get him through this. But, he kept saying in that he kept thinking... They're going to take us off planet. Our family's just going to assume we drowned and get washed out to sea. They're never going to know what happened to us. I wish they'd just go ahead and freaking kill me then. And then a voice projected into his mind tells him he would not be harmed. And they would return him to where they had found him. But that did very little to calm him down. Now, see, when I think of that, I'm thinking it would be like the voice of Mr. Burns when he's all irradiated and on those medications in that X Files episode. You love. We'll return you to where you were. It breaks love, break its legs. Yes. <laughs> so, so he fell back on his military training. Mm-hmm. You know what Panic. else happens in the military training? Ooh, <laughs> oh man, man, you were just all about them having well, a tryst. 
Well, I mean, you know, simplest explanation here. I guess, but after a while of being stared at, he was released from the table, still frozen, floated back out to where him and Calvin had been fishing. Calvin was floated back out, and then the ship just zip straight up in the air. And they understandably spent several minutes losing their shit. Charlie spent most of his time trying to calm Calvin down because Calvin was like on the verge of having a goddamn nervous breakdown. And uh, I think that's maybe how Charlie sort of coped with what happened. He is like, oh, I have to take care of Calvin. Mm. Instead of dealing it with it with it himself, he's like, I got to make sure Calvin's okay. And then we'll see about everything else. Okay. Well, I mean, there's different ways to kind of cope with trauma. I sure. would say that this is definitely a traumatic experience. And then for oh, yeah. some people, what they'll do is they'll turn to like service towards others to kind of... Yeah. grapple with what they went through. And there's also a guy who went through the war and had people yeah. under his command and he had to take care of like his squad or what have you. And I'm sure some of his squad mates were, were younger, like yeah. significantly younger than him. So I, I, I could see this kind of like um, uncle type yeah. Yeah. behavior. And Charlie did talk about how like, you know, my mind went back to the Korean War, and I remembered that young boy that I had to help get through a hairy situation kind of stuff, you know? And now, see, this sounds like Cobra Kai to me now. Does it? <laughs> yeah, because in uh, they, they do the background story of Crease uh, and Terry Silver, and they were in the Korean War. Holy um, shit. I, I think it was a Korean War. Maybe. Okay. I don't I don't remember. But yeah, it <sighs> was just... um. Yeah, the, the same sort of thing, like Crease, uh, the, the, the asshole from the first film, he... Uh, was a Korean War veteran. He took in a younger guy to, uh, oh. to help him. Yeah. Okay. Good Mike? show. Good show. Mike, have you watched it? Sorry, I was reading. What was that? If <laughs> you watched Cobra Kai. Uh, yeah, I watched up to, I think, the most recent season. I haven't watched, but... Okay. It, yeah, because it just reminded me of the whole Crease and Terry Silver thing. Uh, yeah. Okay. Well... Now, before we start on Calvin's version of what happened on the ship, I need to go ahead and reveal I've got some bias that I, I need to bring to light. Everything I have read, Calvin Parker sounds like just the biggest pain in the ass you've ever had to deal with. I mean, can you imagine driving out to go fishing and this guy just want keeps wanting you to pull over so he can beat the fuck out of some random stranger? He sounds like the X-Files version of Holden Caulfield. Oh my god, yeah. You phonies! I just... <laughs> he's a pain in the ass. I'm gonna try to keep this story as factual to his account as I can, but god damn does this man get on my nerves, okay? I just... I need to get that out there. He's also, uh, he always says he's not a racist, but I, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give him the benefit of the doubt on that. But like, he is definitely not down with homosexuals. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, more, that that's more fuel to the fire. Yeah. No, uh, I will agree that that does. It's kind of like every time there's somebody that's trying to pass anti-gay legislation, it's like boom. And they find him with their foot under the stall uh, of someone else's stall in the congressional uh, bathroom. Yeah. Or with, you know, a male prostitute in a hotel. Mm -hmm. So, 
in Calvin's book, he makes one thing abundantly clear. Parker's book. Calvin Parker. Oh, Calvin. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. No, that's cool. Calvin Parker's book. The names book. are tripping. Yeah, up. I know. It's Charles and Calvin. So it's a little. Uh, how about we just do last names? Mm, sure, whatever. Okay. So Parker's book. He makes one thing abundantly clear, and that is that he did he did not pass out. I'm not a pussy. I'll fight whoever says I passed out. I'll fight whoever it is, and I promise I won't pass out out of fear. So Fuck. he says that that's something him and uh, Hickson had agreed on because Calvin didn't want to tell anybody that this happened. But now he is, because you know. Yeah. He seems very offended by this being his legacy, so he's wanting to set the record straight. All right, very straight, like very, super straight, super straight, not even gay. So I mean, wrong, wrong, right, wrong, wrong. Yeah. So after definitely not passing out and being taken to a separate room, Calvin Parker has a very similar experience to Hickson's, but there's something different about it. Once his elephant lobster guy leaves, a different type of alien comes in. It's about three feet tall, light gray skin, big black eyes, small mouth, no nose. Yes, it's our old friends, the Greys. They finally showed up, and it tells him mentally that he will not be harmed, and they are peaceful explorers. And Calvin immediately thinks, I bet I could beat this thing up. Now, see, all uh, how you've described Calvin so far, he sounds like the guy in my apartment complex that tried to do a gainer off the top of the laundry room into the pool, and he broke his collarbone. <laughs> like, I bet I could do that. Yeah. Do you say, hold, hold my beer? Um, all, all I know is that he told me a lot of stories about, like, jumping off shit. He's oh, like, yeah, yeah, I broke this, I broke that, I broke this. So, And you're proud of this, are you? <laughs> so when oh, was man. this account like taken down obviously it was after mike this book was published in 2018 so <laughs> so all of a sudden now the grays show up after you know two uh-huh. three decades mm-hmm. of being in the public consciousness right yeah well, well and then they're, they're, at this point uh hickson is is passed away at this point yeah. yes yes yeah, he so died uh actually in 2010 i think hmm not that long ago, lived to a ripe old age. But but so so since their their weird version of aliens never gained any traction, well now we need to spice it up a bit. <laughs> well, we'll get into that. Um, so, oh no, something else I had. Uh, yeah. Shoot. Sorry. Go ahead. Um. Damn it. Now I forgot. Shit. I'm sorry, Mike. If you think of it, just shout it out. Hamdingers. Hamdingers. Okay. uh, Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Well, right after he thinks he can beat up this gray, first off, the gray just seems to be like, oh, my fucking whatever. And a glowing blue rectangle comes down from the ceiling and circles him, making clicking sounds before going back up where it came from. Then the weird gray guys come back. And basically, just chuck Calvin back on the dock and leave. He then spends the next several minutes 
nonplussed and complaining that the alien somehow broke his car window and complaining about his insurance. Yeah. Yeah, life-changing experience, and he's worried about his fucking premiums. Well, have you ever seen a pissed-off gecko come for his money? You'd be agitated, too. Okay, probably. I, I, I was under the impression up until this point that they were in the other guy's vehicle. No, no. But, so... They were in a... They so were in... Cap- they were... You know what? Now that you mention it... Yeah, because mm-hmm. the other guy they, was driving. He said that Charlie was uh, driving. Yeah. And now he's saying that Calvin's pissed off. Calvin's saying he's pissed off about his car window. Yeah. Y'all smell that? Smells like uh, So bullshit. if he didn't drink, why was the other guy driving his car? Yeah. See? Things don't add up. Look, ne- look <laughs> neither <laughs> and, of them drank at first. And, and admittedly, this is like, you know, 40 years after the fact. Yeah. That's true. Mm-hmm. But. Maybe they shared a car. Who fucking yeah. knows? But. Let's talk well, for they, a second. They, they took turns, oh. you know, one driving, one giving roadhead. Maybe. Aww. One of them had to pay for gas somehow. Okay. So, uh, putting aside the whole 40-year gap thing, I, I the similarities and differences between the two accounts, which Barker says that he told his uh, fiancé slash wife what happened, actually happened. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Whatever. But I get the feeling that, like, what Charlie Hickson saw was, like, the screen memory or a psychic projection, and that maybe Calvin Parker didn't get it once he was further away from Hickson, or he's just too friggin' dense to be psychically influenced. Now, now see, for me... I'm looking at this, okay, so Calvin's mm-hmm. 19, and, you know, his ego's kind of taken that hit with the idea that, like, he passed out. Right. You know, they, they say, like, oh, no, we agreed that, uh, you know, Calvin passed out, but yeah, I, I think that I wouldn't be shocked if, like, he's embellishing it to make himself look better and more involved in the situation, realizing sure, I kind of well, yeah. come off as kind of a complainer in this. Well, I kind of... Here's the thing. I kind of agree, but we'll, we'll get on. I do agree. I do think something happened. He's obviously embellishing it. Obviously. You know. And that's the impression I get from the story. Because his version is just so different from every, every other version, including his previous versions. But whichever version you want to go with, it doesn't matter. Because Charlie Hickson decided they had to tell the authorities about this. And Calvin was dead set against it until, you know, until Hickson told Parker, look, just tell everybody you passed out and you don't actually have to be involved, okay? You know, or whatever. So, at this point, they stop at a bar. Charlie goes in and takes a single shot of Jack Daniels to calm his nerves and to call the Air Force at the payphone. The, there's well, which, lo- which is just interesting to me. Like, just I'm just going to call the fucking Air Force from a payphone. Yeah. Like, like, does the Air Force have like a 1-800 number you can call to report shit? Like, no, I don't understand this. Here's the thing. You have to understand that there was an Air Force base at Pascagoula mm. at the time. Both shut down, uh, actually, in 2005. Hmm. Like... 
And then Katrina hit. Oh. Yeah. They knew it was coming. They knew it was coming. It was an inside job. But what do you think caused Katrina? Oh, yeah, definitely. So Charlie calls the Air Force Base, and they inform him that we don't handle that anymore. Which, of course, are referring to Project Blue Book, which had, which had been shuttered probably 10 years prior. Mm-hmm. So they tell him, you need to go to the Jackson County Sheriff's Department because they, they, they'll listen to your bullshit. Also, you're calling from a bar. We can hear the jukebox in the background, I'm sure. So he did call the Sheriff's hey, Department. He- now, now, see, you know somewhere some former Project Blue Book analyst was kicking themselves for letting the program get shut down when they heard about this. Like, and, Damn it, missed it. The, the funny thing is, uh, the number of professional UFO researchers that heard this story and said, bullshit, is astounding. <laughs> and we'll get to who took them seriously in a bit, but... Mm. Now, that shot would cost them right up front, that shot of Jack Daniels. Because mm-hmm. Captain Glenn Ryder, who just sounds like a fucking action star. <laughs> Glenn Ryder in. What? Slam thrust. Easy Ryder. Rick punch meat. <laughs> Slab bulkhead. Make large huge. God damn it. <laughs> the thousand names of Glenn Ryder. So... He assumed they were drunk and just lying. Mm. So, they're questioned separately in two different rooms at the uh, sheriff's department. They then left them in a room by themselves with a hidden tape recorder. Thinking, well, they'll talk about trying to get their story straight. Now, instead of them, like, trying to get it straight or them drunken talking about little green men the tape just has two men in a deep state of panic and shock wishing to god that whatever happened didn't happen and just constantly saying what the fuck were those things what the fuck were those things and that tape went a long way towards them being taken seriously yeah, I, I'm sure there was, like, something in their voice that, like, signified they'd seen something. Like, for people who are, uh, like, who've endured trauma and they're not particularly talented in, like, masking it, uh, y- you can tell. You can hear it in the voice. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, like, friggin' Parker was on the verge of hysterics the whole time. Mm-hmm. So. Maybe they took LSD. I don't know where you'd score LSD in Pascagoula in 1973. Uh, I mean, Kevin, it's it's the coast. It's very near both Biloxi and Mobile. Okay, fair, but I just don't, I don't know. Just from the little bit I've, you know what, forget it. <laughs> the little bit I've heard, I don't know that I believe that, but I don't know these people. It's possible. It's sure. possible. I mean, at this point, you know, MK Ultra had... Uh, let the LSD Ooh. recipe slip, as it were. Maybe, maybe they were. Uh, they were like, you said it was near. Kind of, there's air bases and stuff. Maybe they were, you know, MK Ultra tude. Mike, hmm. don't get ahead of me. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't read that. I just. I'm just I, I know. Shit out I'm there. just saying, don't get ahead of me, buddy. We're gonna go there. <laughs> All right, so the sheriff was made to promise that he would not tell the media about this because neither they just needed to report that this happened 
because you know it could have been an alien invasion you don't know what's happening but the next day the shipyard was inundated with calls for interviews of now, course oh obviously but in hindsight Calvin Parker thinks that Charlie Hickson was the one who got the media involved. Because there was something else in the book that I didn't put in the outline about they stopped. Charlie was like, I need to stop and see what time it is because neither of us have a watch. So he stops at the local newspaper and runs in. And when he comes back out, Calvin says, well, what time is it? And Charlie goes, I don't know. They didn't have a clock. <laughs> so so here, here's my thing, though, is so say I was abducted by, by aliens. You were abducted by aliens. <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to try to tell the police or the Air Force or anything because, well, I know they're not going to believe me. I mean, I don't see anything that would have changed in 1973 to make them think they would be believed. Oh, yeah. Well, the panic thing helped. Uh, The president... uh, Now, okay, so, like I said, Hickson got the media involved. The president brought investigation by the Air Force, which, again, didn't put this in the outline, but they immediately checked him for radiation. Oh, interesting. There was no radiation. But there were also extensive interviews with the Air Force after that, interviews with the press, more interviews with the Sheriff's Department, an interview with the FBI, and then Dr. J. Allen Hynek himself came down to look into it. Shout out to our boy, J. Allen Hynek. I tell you, he was in charge of Project Blue Book, and Project Blue Book as I've probably brought up on this show before, turned J. Allen Hynek from a skeptic, the creator of the excuse of swamp gas, mm-hmm. into a believer. Now, now, see, what I find interesting about this is the the response, because not even uh, Hopkinsville didn't get a response as big as this with oh, I know. multiple agencies coming in and specifically scanning for certain things. Yeah. I know. That's what makes it really interesting that this yeah. happened and everybody suddenly like look at these look at these two guys. Now, the one thing that everyone agrees is that something happened to these men and it left a lasting effect. Like some kind of traumatic event happened. Um like Hickson had nightmares for a long time. And was concerned. Uh, This ruined Parker's life. Now, Hickson went on to discuss his experience extensively and co-authored a book with William Mendez called UFO Contact at Pascagoula in 1983, 10 years later. Now, he would go on to appear on Dick Cavett, Johnny Carson, and just about any place uh, he could. And he also was on a show called To Tell the Truth, and he actually convinced uh, Parker to come on the show with him. And at this point, they weren't speaking. Uh, Interesting. And uh, Parker, they tried to put makeup on him before going on television. And he told them, I'm not some kind of a 
he said drag queen in the book, but I'm pretty sure he used the F word. Oh, totally. Yeah, no, totally. Guys from Laurel, Mississippi, 1970s. Yeah, he totally said I'm a I'm not an F word. And then when uh, Charlie, who was way more laid back about all this at this point, was like, man, you need to calm down and learn to live a little. And uh, Parker just said the only funny thing in the entire book where he goes, your lipstick is smeared. So Okay, that's pretty funny. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's actually one amusing thing. Also, I just picture it coming from this redneck, but... Now, he claimed further abductions and encounters for the rest of his life. He basically turned into one of the contactee people, you know? Yeah. Now, now see, I, I don't blame Charlie for this. Mm-hmm. You, know, you know, the minute I find any sort of success or fame, I'm going to ride that to the point where I become sad. <laughs> so, like, I, like I, I get it. But also, you know, another thing I want to talk about is, like, the inconsistencies we're getting between these two men as the story kind of goes on, because mm-hmm. you, you think that Charlie's kind of like the the more rational of the two, the, the, the more mature of the two, but then we see him kind of embrace this thing, mm-hmm. and he might be like trying to make a career out of it. Right. And you end up having the very outspoken uh, uh, Calvin who becomes incredibly reserved and almost like destroyed by this. It's just, it's a very strange path for both of these men. It really is. And, uh, but yeah, uh, Hickson was a a regular on the UFO convention circuit, which it still shocks me that there is one, uh, until his death in 2011, actually. So that's a long time. Yeah, that, that is a very long life. I wonder if the aliens gave that to him. I don't know. Uh, before we move on, Mike, uh, how about you? Would you would you try to uh, milk this thing? Um, like I said, I don't think I would tell anybody because you know that's fair. You're you're the Calvin in this situation. Well, not Picking not just that. I just, just out of the road. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't think people would believe it. That's fair. And here's the thing. Here's the thing. If it happened to you and you told somebody, I'd be more inclined to believe it. Yeah. Because I mean, I would probably I tell abducted, you. If I got abducted, but nobody would fucking believe it. But I'm me. not going to tell, like, the police or the Air Force or anything like that. Okay. You wouldn't tell the police, but would you tell the police led by Sting? I, I, I would call the band up and say, hey, man, I, I got abducted. Go away, Google. Yeah, sorry, Google uh, just did a thing. You can't say hey in this yeah. house. Because, Dirty. You know, Baby, I got you. Sorry. <laughs> sorry if we triggered your Googles. Yeah, sorry about that, everybody. It's, but, uh, it's a listening little agent Alexa. for the CIA. NSA eavesdropping. <laughs> yeah. I have no aliens here, NSA. Except for that cutout. Well, God, that thing still scares me. Dude, I will go to get something to drink out of the refrigerator and catch a glimpse of that silhouette in the front yeah. room and lose my shit. So, so you got to you know, put a funny hat on it or something. You know why <sighs> I moved it now? Yeah, no. Because that happened to me every time when it was behind me. Oh, my God. I fucking hate that thing now. I'm going <laughs> to kick Perry's ass for letting me have that thing. I should kick my own ass for taking so, so, it. So, David, you just don't know what it's like when you're like turn in your own house and there's a human-sized silhouette just there 
with two thumbs on oh, no, one well, hand. No, I, it doesn't even. I don't even notice details. It's just the. Uh, it's about you know five and a half feet tall, and has a obvious head and human you know silhouette. Not in the right proportions, but okay. you know circle blob you know Mm -hmm. shoulders and stuff and when you see that there's something primal in your brain that Mm -hmm. goes oh shit (laughs) kill it kill it i mean it's a split second but it's still like oh shit there's somebody there oh it's just a cardboard cutout yeah now see i could tell you that i do know that feeling because holly sneaks up on me all the time oh yeah (laughs) Yeah, like I this... have to put a bell on her at some point because <laughs> oh my god, because I, I get tunnel vision. I'm working on the computer, and she goes, "Hey," and then I'm, all of a sudden I'm like freaking out. Like nothing scares <laughs> me except when she comes from like over the side of my desk. I'm like, "Hey, what are you doing?" I'm like, "Ah." Yeah, that you know, getting scared by someone. Yeah, but I think it's a little different for when you realize it's not, not even supposed a really to a be person. someone. Yeah, yeah, it's not okay, your I mean, dearly fair. beloved or your you know friend or anything your roommate it's something else yeah. something so, alien so why do you shape. still have it if it's freaking you guys out uh it, i look at it as theft deterrent so yeah it's <laughs> somebody will see it in the window I mean, and just lose your shit you expect kevin to actually throw away a alien standee that's really true He's got a point. Put a, put I mean, a Santa hat or something on it. Fold it up and put it in a closet. Its maybe? head's too fucking big. It's yeah. gray. No, its head's like twice okay, get as big as a man. It's about the size of a large watermelon. <laughs> it's a melon head. <laughs> yes, get get it a sombrero and a poncho, and then you have Cinco de Mayo all year long. Oh, Ooh, I like this idea. All right, so back to the subject at hand. Calvin Parker did not fare as well. Uh, he would find it extremely difficult to deal with life on the coast due to the memory of what happened. And uh, within like a month, he'd moved back to Laurel, Mississippi. Mm. Um, he would become violent with people that approached him about the abduction. And uh, this eventually led to the end of his marriage, which shortly after the incident, he married his uh, sweetheart. And after a while, she just couldn't deal. Now, since then, he and his wife have, uh, they came back together, talked, they've reconciled, and they are both living in Pascagoula to this day. He also wrote his own book called Pascagoula, The Closest Encounter, My Story. And while this book is not well written, it is extremely thorough, and I do recommend checking it out since it's 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 thoughtful enough to include Charlie's story as well and all the other materials. Now, now, uh, now how many pages is it? Uh, I was listening well, to the audio book, oh. and he finished his story and Charlie's story less than halfway through the book, and the rest is reprints of articles and okay. interviews. Okay. So, uh, it is extremely thorough. Okay. Now, since uh, all this happened, Char- uh, Calvin has... Well, his health's not great. He's uh, had a couple of strokes, a few heart mm. attacks. Uh, his open-heart surgery wound came open in the shower, and they almost lost him. Uh, what the fuck? Yeah, no. He's been in and out of Singing River Hospital, but he is still there, and he has founded a 
This will this will show you how I think he really regrets not having, not having gotten a piece of the pie to begin with because he has started a production company to make television shows about UFOs. It's right. such a weird twisting Isn't it? thing between these two men. It's very strange. I know. And and honestly, I, I really feel like he also regrets uh having stopped being friends with uh with Charlie. Because, like, he talks a lot about, uh, I wanted to beat the shit out of him sometimes, but boy, do I miss him. Mm. So, yeah, it was the best sex he ever had. Oh, God damn it, Mike. <laughs> oh, no. it. Okay, so seriously, though, I mean, mm-hmm. it does sound like something happened to them, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. I, I cannot, you know, condone it being Aliens. supernatural. Okay. Um, I mean, my brain, obviously, I have no real explanation for it. Right. No, I understand. Um, I, and I mean, not even thing. a close, you know, like everything I've said has been pretty tongue in cheek. I mean, I, but, none of it is, I don't really believe that, but I just, Mike, I can't come up with the, anything. The thing is about your theory is it's about as valid as any of the others. Yeah. I mean, okay, I'm just, so like. Joking aside, it's as it deserves as much merit as anything well, I mean, I we're about to talk you know, about. Cast cast uh, aspersions on you know sure someone no unjustly that's fine. that's fine yeah like we're we're not making any judgments here if, if something did happen and, and if between they, these if, two men that was something that was unexpected and they did yeah. not react well to it after the fact like that's that's an entirely possible reading of this yeah. because of what was going on at the time. Absolutely. And, and if they yeah. did, you know, sneak away for some, you know, fish and butt sex, you know, that did more power to them. I mean, yeah, I'm just sad that they had to, like, lie about it. But I don't actually think that's what happened. Okay. Yeah. I don't that's know fair. what happened. I don't even yeah. really have a working theory. Yes. Yeah. I mean. So let's talk about some of the other theories about of what may have happened then. How's that sound? Oh, and, and just, just a little fact. I almost said casting aspirations. Oh man! <laughs> Casting aspirations. I want to be a dancer. That, that's what they had at the beginning of the night. Yeah, oh boy. So, the first theory is some bizarre hypnagogic state where Hickson just kind of told the story about the aliens to Parker as he was half asleep, sitting there on the dock. And they both just sort of experienced it at the same time. And I kind of feel like that stretches believability to the breaking point. Yeah, Y'all ever Ted oh, talk so hard you believed you were on the stage? <laughs> <laughs> like that is like as as a it wasn't aliens. I believe the aliens over this. Hypnagogic? That that sounds like some it's, weird pop pop band thing yeah like some sort of german industrial techno band. supersonic yeah. hypnagogic industrial pop or something yeah no well, seriously it's, it's like slide the thing about this theory about them just kind of like this sounds like this would be like the drug theory this it yeah. also sounds like there was a window to a parallel dimension opened and 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 like hickson was psychically implanted with the story which is as stupid 
as aliens, if you want to get down to it. So they had their own 21 cigarette moment. They did. They had their own. Thank you for having a personal reference to my life. (laughs) Now. Yeah, I mean, the the human mind is very fallible. Yeah, but, you know, I don't believe it's fallible to. I can't say that since it's this show. But the point is, I just don't (laughs) believe it was a hypnagogic state. Well, no, that that just sounds like complete bullshit. Yeah. But I'm just saying, you know. Well, that's the accepted theory. The accepted theory. Is that they had a hypnagogic uh, half-waking dream state together. Well, While Hickson explained it and and Parker I accepted mean, it. Okay, maybe so there was something in the water. Maybe maybe if they both fell Fish. asleep, and you know, he woke he woke up and you know, uh, uh, Hickson woke up and was like, you know, holy shit, we're abducted by aliens. Like, no, we weren't. And he started you know telling him, he's like, well, maybe we were. Maybe I passed out. Maybe I, didn't I don't pass know. out. No, I didn't pass out, motherfucker. That was a UCB you sketch that went way too far. <laughs> they yes handed themselves into trauma. <laughs> oh my god! So Mike's favored us with his theory. Uh, before we well, move on to the other accepted ones, well, you know his joking theory. Yeah, anyway. yeah. Um, David, what have you got? Well, see, for me, this has all the markings of like a high strangeness encounter. You've got the unusual uh, beings, lost time, what one could reasonably assume is like a group psychosis. Mm-hmm. Um, it, if this is a case of like ultra terrestrials, I think we may need to read into the appearance of these things. We, we talked about like how beings of high strangeness will appear differently over time to people. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that's part of the thing because we talked about how unusual these aliens look. The little cone ears, right. cone nose thing. Mm-hmm. Um, compared to, like, contemporary sightings of the time. Right. Definitely. Because uh, this so, is after Betty and Barney Hill, so we've got mm-hmm. the grays there. Yeah. You know, we can't be sure they were not on LSD and mistook, like, a Panic peak, uh, panic Pete stress toy for an alien. Because you've, <laughs> you've seen those things, right? Yes, the ones oh, yeah. the eyes and the nose and the ears, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> so may- maybe, like, one of them had one in the dash of the car and they're just I, really high off their asses. You know, that's true. We, Me and Mike have a mutual friend that uh, got so high, he saw a bunch of branches and thought they were a giant stone beavis head and spent an hour trying to figure out how to tie it to the top of the car to take it home to show people. Now, excuse me, a stone what? Penis head? Beavis. From Beavis and Butthead. Oh, oh shit. Okay, yeah. I'm like- yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's even weirder. And he's just sitting there going, how can I get this back to the house and show my parents? <laughs> yeah, that'd be cool. <laughs> so, I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> the car. Yeah. Promise, I, I promise, I won't break the car. <laughs> yeah, butthead. <laughs> so, our, our, I don't want to say friend Nick Redfern, author of many, many books I've been reading lately, uh, has an idea. Mm. He says that there may have been a military test on an island in the Pascagoula River in the 60s involving MKUltra and hallucinogens that somehow, 10 years later, <laughs> blew downstream or some shit <laughs> and affected Parker and Hickson, and they just tripped the whole experience. 
And the only proof he really cites of this when you break it down is a bunch of older residents talking about strange things on the island, which also sounds like a fucking Scooby-Doo plot. Shaggy being a sleeper MK Ultra agent would be like the most unexpected plot twist ever. <laughs> you know what? Like, this- like Scoob, we gotta kill them all. <laughs> Scoob, we gotta kill the Russian ambassador, man. <laughs> so no, 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 see, when you talk about the timing of like ten years later, did they eat any of the fish that they caught? They didn't catch a goddamn fish. Okay, because I was because gonna say maybe they were not they got fishing. Into the fish. <laughs> Unfortunately, no. But okay. Here's the other thing. Speaking of Shaggy, real quick, do you remember uh, you and me were talking earlier this week about uh, ghost hunting? Mm-hmm. And uh, you said you were probably the only one who hadn't actually been on a ghost hunt. And I, I just want to say that my experiences were basically if the entire Scooby Doo gang were just Shaggies. Watch me swoosh right in. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, like it's breathing on my neck, man. So, you're going to have to do an entire episode in that voice. I am not being shaggy <laughs> for a whole fucking episode. Okay. My a- at God. least one story for Weekend Weird. Okay, I'll do one Weekend Weird story. If we can find, if you find me one shaggy Scooby Doo esque story. Sir, I, I will, will make that my mission. <laughs> I will read it on the next episode as Shaggy. Now, but, uh, yeah. So, so maybe not LSD, but what if it's just like pot? I mean, it is the seventies in Mississippi. That pretty. That's pretty taboo. That'd be and some could pretty be well, Kevin hardcore pot. You know, there. It, it, if you're in the wrong mindset. Look, it can be pretty. Speaking pretty, from experience, that's what I'm saying. I assumed I was a thin shell over reality, keeping the infinite darkness full of demons and void at bay. And I didn't see yeah. a reason to stay. I was just like, I am nothing but a shell between existence and non existence. <laughs> the inside of my soul is an empty void full of the screaming darkness. You know they they. So, that was so my first time on pot. So so here's 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 a thought. They they never smoked before. They got a hold of some. They like blazed way too much. Started f- talking about aliens, freak the fuck out, and then went and you know went to the police because well, we're freaking the fuck out. <laughs> Calvin, 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 there's aliens. I'm freak. I'm losing my shit, man. It's like the war all over again. Yeah. And Calvin just, I'll beat the fuck out of them. <laughs> yes. I Wait, will I beat the shit out of them. Why doesn't it work? I can't move. I, I can't say that. Uh, 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 I passed out. Here's the thing. It, it almost makes sense because, you know, the one thing I couldn't do when I was, when I was super stoned like that? Hmm. Move. Yeah. I couldn't fucking move, so that yeah, kind of no, makes no, sense. No, no stone, stoner paralysis is real. Yeah, mm-hmm. but honestly, though. I mean, it, it, it's a theory. It is. It's a theory, and I'm willing to entertain that theory, because it's better than the hypnagogic state. Yeah, no. Anything's pretty better reasonable. than that. Real aliens, yeah. are, be- like you said, are better than that. Yeah. Real mm-hmm. spiky, weird aliens mm-hmm. with elephant feet Yeah, are better than that. And I... 
I don't know what happened down here. Oh, nobody It'd does. be easy for me to just Heck. do my normal, it's a superstructure, and wave my hands around like a wizard, but... Kevin, you need, a, you need to do an episode on that, because I still don't have no or vague earthly I'm, idea what it is. I'm reading about it, and it's making less sense it, as I read. It, it, it makes well, me think it's just a bridge. Well, and well, we're also calling it the wrong thing, right? It is. It? Like, the, here's the thing. Here's the thing. It's actually the super spectrum, but like the theory of the super spectrum doesn't quite fit in with what I believe, and I'm starting to actually okay. come up with a superstructure theory. So, okay. but something, the point is something really strange happened here in my state, mm-hmm. and I just don't think it needs to be forgotten in the annals of the lore yeah, you know, it, it's one of the more minor UFO episodes in the U.S., but, like, all of them are worthy of preservation because uh, they're they're interesting. And, honestly, the fact that J. Allen Hynek himself was interested in what the fuck happened, that, that that means something. He came down and was like, okay, tell me about the, tell me about the elephant, man. Now, now, did he ever say anything about it, like, in, in his writings? Because I'm trying to remember yeah. if I ever recall I, him mentioning anything about this. I believe he did. I don't think he got published in any of his books, but, I mean, he did do a press conference where he said something happened to these guys, and it's unexplainable by conventional means. Unexplained! Unexplained! So, <laughs> so Mike, any other closing thoughts on this before we uh, uh, stick um, a fork in it? I mean, what? So, so I, you know, said I don't think I would go to the uh, authorities. What would happen if you, Kevin or David? First, let's start with Kevin, though. Okay. If you were abducted, say tonight, tonight, while you were asleep, you mm-hmm. were abducted. You had a what you would believe would be a credible abduction experience. You didn't think it was a dream. What would you do the next day? Oh, jeez. Okay. Uh, first off, I'm. Ask kid if she experienced anything. Well, yeah. So, so, I, so nobody else, nobody well, else has, you know. Okay, nobody else in the house has cooperating experience. Uh, I would find an organization like MUFON that is not MUFON <laughs> and report it to them. And I would, but and and this being the modern times and being who I am, there's no goddamn way I'm telling anyone involved with the government. Yeah. That's a surefire way to get a secondary abduction by the military on a black triangle, taken to an underground base somewhere in the desert, threatened, waterboarded, have something else shoved up your butt, and then brought back home with a threat of, we'll send the men in black. You fantasized about this before, haven't you? No, I have read stories about this sort of thing, and mm-hmm. uh, I, I we're going to have to do... A an episode about military abductions. Oh well, yeah, we'll have to do the. So you've been contacted by the Men in Black. A survivor died. <laughs> yes. Okay. I like so. That so idea. who who would you tell? Who would I tell? Oh, yes. I tell the whole house. Yeah. Shit, I tell everyone at work. Uh, I would tell everyone on this podcast. I would tell everyone in every Discord I'm in. I would be screaming about the, it on Twitter, but, but, but I would the, not the directly would he- tell the government. But but then the government would hear, and then you'd get abducted by the Black Triangles and taken off to a secret secondary site where you'd be probed in the butt, and then the men in black would admonish you to never tell talk about it again. Okay, great. But, I mean, I've, they already know what I'd do now because there's a fucking Google speaker next to me. So. 
So, but there's also kind of a comfort in the government like kidnapping you because it's like, oh shit, I am right. Also, so, so as they're torturing you, you're like, well, at least I know I was. I'm right. right about what I'm I right. I'm really, really right. Yeah. So, David, how about you? Yeah. What would what'd you do, David? Burner account and then post on the high strangeness subreddit. Mm. Ooh, nice idea. Ooh, you could be our own little throwaway alien. Aw, I would love to be the throwaway alien. And, Throw, and, uh, I can't even say it. Fuck. Throwaway. Throwaway alien. <laughs> and and who would you tell? Like you know, in I, I, person in your life, obviously. Oh, like uh, obviously, I'd talk to Holly about yes, it. Yes, right. Um, I'd probably talk to my cat because my cat is my therapy. Um, <laughs> That's fair. Would you tell and then us? I, I'd definitely talk to you two about it. Oh, but good. Like, I, see, I, if I were to like. I'm one of those people who like would probably be very cautious about it. Right. Hence the hence the burner account, just so I can kind of put that story because and more then, likely someone will pop in it. with a suggestion that would be and we'd cover helpful. It. It'd then basically we'd, be an like anonymous for us. Yeah, we'd too. cover it, but <laughs> yeah. and then you get to uh, be all meta person, yeah. Be all meta yeah. and you know, comment on your own story. Yeah, yeah, I know. And, and then I, I pull the mask off I'm like, gentlemen. That was me the whole time. <laughs> and I you go, were, Zoinks! I was the probulated the whole time. Yeah, well, no, the funny thing is, if we covered it as a thing we found on Reddit, and it's your story, you'd sit there the whole time going, man, this guy's full of shit. So, who I would tell in my personal life? Oh, me. I don't, I don't, I don't know if I'd tell you, Kevin. Fuck you! Because you would be so smug. Fuck you. No, I wouldn't you be would smug. Be, I would so, be so... No, no, come on. No, no I, come would not on. Be, I would not be fucking smug. Come on. I would you'd not be, be... Fuck you'd be you. Like, fuck you'd, you. You'd be like... No, uh-huh. I would be understanding. I, was right, wasn't I? I would be interested. In I would want to hear hearts. everything. I would be jealous. Hey, it'd be great content. <laughs> I Yeah, no, I but would in not your heart be of hearts, smug. You'd be like, yeah. No, I, no. Motherfucker, you're a believer now. Out. No, Mike, Mike, Mike. <laughs> That's like if you got kidnapped by thugs for ransom and you came back and I was smug about it. No, because I'm not saying kidnapping for ransom doesn't exist. Okay, that's fair. But the point is, I would not be smug. I would be jealous. Oh, you wouldn't be a little bit like, yeah, Mike. No. I was right. No, because I look at it as a game for both of us. Mm-hmm. All three of us. Mm-hmm. What it can do for all three of us. Think about our careers. Go, go get abducted. Just get it. abducted. Get probulated. Mm-hmm. That's a shirt. Get <laughs> get probulated. <laughs> I don't know. I'm I might be the best specimen ever. They might not want to return me. Oh man, if you're gonna get your asshole cord out so much. <laughs> man, you are gonna get like just cattle mutilated. They drop you back. Well, his nose is gone. His asshole's gone. There's no blood, and he kind of smells like barbecue sauce. He's basically just a tube for corn dogs. <laughs> Guess what episode I listened to today? <laughs> oh my! I don't God. even get the reference, and that was funny. Ah, uh, Jesus! <laughs> All right. Well, that's it for this week. Uh, I don't. Hang on. Let's see. Do we have any questions this week? From the sure, peanut yeah. gallery over in questions for that. We yes. do. Okay, because Ghost Forge, do you think the Pascagoula alien do you think the Pascagoula aliens are really shitty future teens in environmental suits? 
so as not to bring back future super diseases, screwing with rednecks in a sort of future version of cow tipping. So it's it's more plausible than, you know, the aliens thing, I guess. I guess it's also more plausible than the hypnagogic state. Um, well, you, you can apply that to, like, any alien sure. by that logic. Well, yeah, but, you know, five-foot-tall suit, kind of looking like mummy wrap. I mean, they, they were on the coast. I would more say it's probably, like, Sco- Russian spies, like, that came, came from submarines and, Ooh. you know... You, they, they they thought they were abducting uh you know high end high people at the uh the, the shipyard. shipyard. That's Turns another thing I forgot to bring up. These guys are not stupid. They're just uneducated. Yeah, they they were they were shipyard uh builders. guys builders. Yeah. yeah, they built you know warships. Yeah, you know, aircraft carriers. Yeah, this isn't like well I not aircraft carriers. Uh, this isn't Newport News we're no, talking about. But, but you know probably like destroyers and yeah. shit. No, I mean, Pascagoula was a sleepy uh, fishing village right up until World War II, and then, boom, suddenly, like, real shipbuilding, you know? Not like, I'm a car, me a boat out of coconuts. So, so Yeah, they're, they're just blue-collar. They're just yeah. blue-collar. Yeah, they're just blue-collar. They're, they're highly skilled. They, they were, you know, just Russian duct-tape ghillie suits. Oh, that would suck. Yeah. But you know, oh, what that, that suck. you know what that question reminds me of? Teenage mm. Caveman. I was going to say Teenagers from Outer Space. Teenage Caveman. It's only, it's only Teenage Caveman. caveman. <laughs> oh, Lord. So, uh, Kick-Ass trying to answer the past Google aliens a unique alien type. And I posted a picture, and he said it looks like a lava monster out of Scooby-Doo. I mean, so so this is the only account of this type right oh yeah no nobody's ever seen this shit before or since or since they have really long arms they really do and that's the thing or or they have just really low crotches Ooh, yeah well even then still they have long arms what was like three little people in duct tape Hmm. well the legs are too long okay that's fair I mean, they're, what if it's they're, a bunch of cats in duct tape? If I was a human, their hands would come down to their knees while standing. Ooh, what if they got grabber claws? I mean, it looks just like he's wearing suit. oven mitts. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I mean, is it's that like a combined Doctor Zoidberg and uh, Cenobite. Ooh, Kevin, why not Pinhead? Did you hear me? What's that? Is that a first-hand picture, like drawing account? Uh, this is a police sketch. But th- that that's something that the witnesses said was, yes. you know, pretty close. Yes. Okay. Yeah, that is I just... Mean, it, it looks kind of like a shitty version of Clayface. It kind of does. The spikes are a lot smaller than I've seen depicted in other there's, things. There's so many different versions and artistic like license. It's too long. It does. It's just your grandpa. He's been but in the Kevin, tub for like a week. The, the, the eye monsters look better than this. The eye monsters? Yeah, from... Uh, oh, from Attack of the, the Eye Creatures? Yes. Oh, yeah, the one where it's just a dude in a turtleneck with an alien head on? Well, no, I'm just saying the, the full body. The, oh, the, the right. The one full yeah. body eye suit they sprung for. Yeah. That's looks better fair. than this. So, Ginger Apocalypse from the Discord said, Scooby-Doo mentioned made me think of this, and this is just a question in general, guys, and I already answered this. If you pulled the mask off any alien or a cryptid, which famous person, person do you think 
you would be least surprised to see. Oh, least surprised. I was thinking was, they, I didn't see the least. Yeah. Well, for, for I said fact, Don Knotts. Well, everyone knows, you know, if it was, if it was Gary Busey, everybody like, oh, of course. It's fucking <laughs> Gary Busey. I mean, yeah, I, I like that, Gary Busey. Yeah. David, how about you? I think it would take place at a Tesla factory and it would be Elon Musk because <laughs> okay. he's trying to stop people from organizing. I just. <laughs> ooh, yeah. I would have gotten away with you, you, uh, you mentioned See, I still think Don Knotts. Just always, yeah. you pull the fucking Bigfoot head off. I can't believe you called me! <laughs> Someone watched a lot of Dana Gould. Yeah, yes, I did. Yes, old I did. TV in general. <laughs> yeah. Was 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 Don Knotts ever a Scooby Doo villain? Uh, not a villain, but he, but was, he was in was several episodes of yeah. uh, the Scooby Doo mystery movies. Yeah, he, he was also in the uh, mystery. Well, it wasn't him because he was dead at this point. But it was they, Dana they did a Gould. character that looked like him in the Mystery Inc. show. It was Dana Gould doing his Don Knotts oh, impression. Wow. Oh hell yeah! I yeah. love Dana Gould, man. Same Hanging here, with Doctor Z. Hanging yeah, with Doctor Z is amazing. He's got a great talk show where he plays Doctor Zoidberg from Planet of the Apes with a talk Dr. show. Zayas. Yeah. Remember, they did a whole song about it. Dr. Zayas. Dr. Zayas. Yeah, da, Zoidberg's da, 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 from Dr. a drama. Did I say Zoidberg? I, yes. meant doc, yes. I meant Dr. Zayas. <laughs> Jesus, man. Why not Zoidberg? Why not Zoidberg? What's wrong with Zoidberg? You smell like prawns. <laughs> well, I'm not hearing no. God, you do that too well. <laughs> I know I do. Thank you. So, um, What? So? Yeah, no. What were you going to say, Mike? Were we about to close out? Uh, I think so, unless you had anything else to add. So, so the Scooby-Doo stuff reminded me. I keep threatening Kevin with uh, our retirement plan is to get an RV and basically Scooby-Doo around the uh, United States, and he thinks it's a terrible idea. What you do, you do a combination taco truck and uh, taco truck and mystery investigation team. <laughs> I don't, oh my god, I, we call it the Taco Tuesdays. I my my tacos are very basic. I, I dude, I you make, make box, great tacos. I make box tacos. Yeah, Those but they've got Velveeta nobody, on them. Nobody, nobody's gonna pay five dollars for fucking Ortega box tacos. Give it. Well, ten then don't charge five dollars. What the hell are you doing? Give it ten years, Mike. That we can charge ten dollars for it. We'll hit a point in society where people are yeah. just too fucking lazy to do it. <laughs> you know, honestly, I've thought about like in my retirement years buying an ice cream truck and just like a couple days a week driving an ice cream truck and selling ice cream to the kids. Okay, that like, is that, that seems cool. That, seems that fun. is so much better than where my brain went, which it says more about me than it does you. That <laughs> was like metal. I'm, I'm just gonna metal buy, that shit. I'm just gonna buy a ice cream truck. And once a week, I'm going to drive around and I'm going to fucking kill somebody. <laughs> well, I mean, that's entirely plausible. Yeah. <laughs> that's I why mean, I've that's, got the ice. You know, that, that, that sounds very sweet. I mean, not in a... Yeah, I just... Yeah, sure. no, because I'm going to need to do something. Because if I don't have anything yep. going on, I'm going to go fucking insane. So sure. I, I figure go around and sell ice cream to kids. And maybe comic books, too. Yeah. That's... Yeah. You want a copy of uh, Superman with your fudgicle? There you go. Yeah. All right. Well, that's it for this week. Don't forget to check us out on the socials all over the place at SuperNatPod. While Mike does his music. Oh, my God. And remember, we have a Patreon. Patreon.com slash SuperNatPod, I believe. If not, you can find a link on our Twitter account and on the website which is supernetpod.rocks. 
Thank you, everyone, for listening. Keep spreading the word. We appreciate it. We uh, thank all of our new listeners for tuning in. And uh, we will see you guys next week. So uh, until then, everyone, stay safe and stay frosty. Goodbye. Um, wait, am I supposed to say something? Nope. Oh, okay, bye. Bye. <laughs> Agula hardly knew yet. <laughs>